Hello guys and welcome to the Lean Off Plants podcast. I'm Chelsea, former overweight, healthy vegan, confused about why I couldn't look like my favorite plant-based influencers even though I was chugging back green smoothies every day. After a decade of unsustainable vegan diets, I learned the truth about weight loss, lost 40 pounds, and now I'm in the best shape of my life even after two kids. Girl, if you've been struggling to drop the pounds as a vegan, stuck in a cycle of self-sabotage, sick of yo-yo dieting and going hungry, never being able to get and stay lean, then this is the podcast for you. Each week I share the no BS truth about why vegan women are overweight, the action steps to get you shedding fat, and the mindset you'll need to get slim for life. I'm stoked to have you here. Let's get started. Hello, my water balloon buffalo eggs. I don't know. I thought I'd better call you guys something because <laughs> that's what they do on podcast, right? Anyway, I'm excited to start talking to you today about something that has been on my mind a lot. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. This is your mix of slightly odd motorbike noises in the background and down-to-earth scientific evidence-based weight loss for vegan women. And you I mean, you already had to listen to me in the introduction. So let's get into this episode. I wanted to talk a little bit about what I've been struggling with recently. And it's a common struggle, so you may identify. I want to talk about what I'm going to do with that struggle. So that's what I'm going to be talking about in this episode. And the most important part about this that I want to communicate is really how you look at obstacles, how you look at things that are holding you back, and then what your plan is to overcome them. So let me share a little bit about my story and how it relates to um, what I'm dealing with currently with my food choices. So I went vegan quite a long time ago. I've been vegan off and on since then. And at the start of this weight loss journey, because I've, I've had a lot of weight loss journeys, guys. <laughs> I've had a lot of, oh, I'm going to do this now and I lose a bit of weight and then I go back to gaining it all. That's been my cycle for probably nearly a decade. But two years ago, I learned about calorie density for the first time. I watched a lot of Chef AJ videos. I heard about the potato reset. And I decided that I was going to eat potatoes and vegetables for a month. I was desperate, guys. It was after the birth of my second daughter. I was at my heaviest weight yet. And it was incredibly un uncomfortable. I had joint pain in my feet. I was limping around. I had to wear these special uh, jandals or what do you guys call them? Flip-flops. And I just really felt like not myself. I'd walk up our driveway, which was quite steep, and I would be puffed. I couldn't go for a run. I used to be able to go out and run like 5Ks without much effort, but I would go and at one kilometer, I'd be like, I can't do this. This is so hard. And people were, some people were saying to me like, oh, Charles, like you look like you've just bounced right back after your pregnancy. And here I was, I was about 18 kilos and nearly 40 pounds heavier 
than I'd ever been in my life. And I was like, wow, okay, I'm just wearing really baggy shirts right now. And I didn't want to buy any new clothes because I was like, no, I'm not accepting this. I'm not accepting this because I'm not happy. Uh, But I went and bought some $4 Kmart shorts and with a drawstring. And so I just wore them. But I was, I really felt like motherhood and going through pregnancy had almost like taken away my identity. You know, like I loved my kids and I loved being a mum most of the time, but it had it felt like it had robbed something of me because it had subtracted this like happy, like confident person that I felt like I'd used to be. And even though I'd I'd never got to a point in my life really bar one instance where I'd been super lean in my adult life, I was skinny as a kid growing up. Uh, but even then, even at like a kind of like my, my wedding weight, I was pretty happy with my body. And I just, I just felt like it was so unattainable to get back there. And I wanted it, you know, at that point I was like, I would be so happy to get under 70 kilos. That's what I was thinking that I would be stoked on life. I would be absolutely frothing to get under 70 kilos. That, that was what I was thinking. So I found this potato reset and I was freaked the heck out by the idea of eating potatoes and broccoli and vegetables for a month. But I was, I was desperate and I was like, I got to do this. I got to try something different to what I'm doing now. Because even though I was so convinced that what I was doing was right and what I was doing at that time was a lot of juice. I was eating um, a lot of raw. I was just so convinced that raw was the way to go. But I was like, I have to try something different. Like this is not, it's never getting me to a consistent result. You know, I can white knuckle it and I can go raw for a few months and I'll, and I will lose weight. I knew that I could do that. And I knew that I would lose weight, but I would never, ever was able to maintain it. And I was like, okay, I got to try. I got to try doing this potato reset because I can't, I can't keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. So I did the potato reset and I lost eight pounds in that month. And it was relatively easy, guys. I was able to eat as many potatoes as I wanted. I ate a ton of vegetables and something just clicked. I understood how calorie density worked. And from that point, because my habits had changed, because there'd been a permanent change in how I did my lifestyle, the fact that I'd added a ton more vegetables into my diet and that I was eating a lot less fat, that I wasn't eating processed uh, like juices. I wasn't juicing anymore. I wasn't uh, having a lot of smoothies. I'd, I had really changed the way that I was eating. Over the course of the next one and a half years, even though I wasn't 100% consistent, I wasn't perfect in that, I lost nearly 40 pounds. So this person right here that you're talking to, well, no, you're not talking to me. I'm talking at you. I got all the control here. You have to listen to me. (laughs) This person, this weirdo in the microphone, in your ears, if you're going for a run, good on you. She's pretty lean, you know, she's pretty, pretty lean and... It's from the fact that I was able to understand this stuff and then I was able to apply it. And that is so key. I recently did a bit of a poll on my Instagram and I asked people, what is your biggest issue? Is it not knowing what to do or is it sticking to it? And about 90% of people, hundreds of people said, I know what to do. I just can't stick to it. And this is so key, guys, because... I mean, first off, you might think you know what to do, 
but you can't stick to it. And if that's the case, it's a high possibility that you are just not doing something that you are able to stick to. So it's not the right thing anyway. But if you really do know, if you genuinely do know what I know, I'm going to hazard a guess that if you can't stick to it, you don't. But if you do, then the most important thing for you to do now is to understand the science of behavioral change. It's not to be worrying about like recipes or all these other things. It's to know how do I get more consistent and how do I make this a lifelong habit so that I'm no longer relying on motivation. So this brings me to what I want to talk about today, and that is that in the last few months, probably in the last six months, since I uh, quit my job at a cafe, I, I in that time gained probably about two kilos, so about four, actually maybe a little bit more than that, between two and four kilos. So I'm still pretty lean, I'm still able to maintain this weight fairly easily, but it's not really where I want to be. I enjoy being a little bit leaner. And the biggest reason that I can think of, there's two big reasons that I can think of for the fact that I gained weight. So number one, being at home, just having more access to food. So when I'm, when you're working in, in a busy cafe, like you, you get a 20 minute break, you get a couple of 20 minute breaks and you eat the food that you bring with you. And then you go about your job right? You go about your day. And a lot of the time, because of the nature of the what I was working in, and it was quite a high stress environment, even though I love my bosses, I love my job, I wouldn't even really want to eat lunch when it came to o'clock. I would quite often just have a tiny bit of food and then I would go home and I would eat that food later on in the day because it just felt, I don't know, I felt a little bit anxious, probably because I was drinking lots of coffee as well. So a little bit jittery. And so my home habits... Remember, this is behavioral change, guys. This is not like a, it's not like I automatically was like, okay, I'm eating more calories or I'm, it wasn't anything that I could pinpoint. But working from home, I can go and get a snack whenever I want. I can eat a bit of more of a leisurely breakfast. I can have like a big um, lunch and then I'll, I can snack before dinner as well. I can also go out and meet up with people if I want. It makes it sound like my life is idyllic. It's really not. <laughs> There's, there's a lot to it and I'm, I am working a lot of the time. Uh, but it was, it was a shift. There it was a, sh- a behavioral shift that I believe contributed to me gaining weight. Well, I mean, it, it has to because I mean, I'm, I haven't changed in an instance. My metabolism isn't somehow broken. That's not how things work. The other thing that I think happened. So I said that there was one, there's actually three, was that I just started to get a bit more lax with my diet. I had a few more treats. I wasn't being as intentional about it. Um, and that just has become a bit more of a habit for me to have more processed food in my diet. And I would go through kind of stages where I'd do a couple of months eating a certain way or I'd do a, go a couple of weeks or a goal week. And then I just gradually increase the amount of processed food in my diet. I don't I think because I didn't have that structure of work and how my days would be and how I would plan out my meals because there wasn't really meal planning anymore. You know, I I didn't have to get up in the morning and make sure that I prepared my oats for that morning or my lunch for that day. It was, it was really just whatever I felt like. So with that, is another reason that I gained weight. So what what I talked about was 
just uh, the kind of foods that I was eating and the structure of that changed when I started working from home and also be having more processed food. But the third thing that happened was I'm just simply moving less. I'm not skateboarding to the bus stop and then catching the bus to work. I'm not riding my bike to work. I am not standing up or moving about carrying heavy plates and bending down and getting food and walking all around like I was in that cafe job. I basically sit on my butt and like type on a computer and do that all day, (laughs) which now I've got a standing desk. So I'm standing up and I'm moving all about now. But it is a big difference. So my non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which is something I want to talk about more, and that's just what you are moving, how you're fidgeting throughout the day. It's not your exercise, but it's your movement. And that can contribute to quite a big calorie burn. So I didn't have as high of a calorie burn. So as I'm looking at my life going forward and the fact that I'm I'm at a weight that I'm not as enjoying, that I don't love as much. I, over the past few months, have been trying to change that. And I haven't. That's the cold, hard truth of it, is that I have been wanting to lose a little bit of weight. And I have been trying to change things. But at this point, not much is happening. Not much has happened. If anything, it's staying the same. Or when I'm like, kind of go stuff it for a week like I stayed at my parents this week because I'm working hard out to film the new Lean With Plants 2.0 course which is coming at the end of October which is seriously going to revolutionize the way like this method is it just takes all of the feedback all of the the insight that I've been able to have through working with hundreds possibly even thousands of women now and knowing okay these are the things that must happen for you to progress through your journey so the new course is coming anyway I just want to talk about that a little bit so but staying at my parents and having the food that my mum was cooking for me it's not really the food that I would normally eat for myself I would be eating a lot more vegetables and and so and a little bit more processed food as well so all of these things guys this is what I'm trying to get at All of these things have culminated in me coming to a point where I have realized that if I do want to get more lean, if I want to maintain and maintain that as well, all right, because about a year ago, I counted macros from about November to January, three months, and it was really, really difficult. It was so incredibly difficult. There were so many times that I wouldn't stick to it, and I kept talking to my macro coach, and I was like... Hey, like I'm, I'm just not hitting these numbers every day. And she would say, okay, well, just try and do that for four days. And I would, I would do that for a week. And then I would just go way off. And I was very stuck in a cycle of kind of all in or all out. And I talk about this in Lean of Plants. Like you cannot have this mindset where if you're not succeeding, you throw in the towel. You have to do the next best thing. But when you're counting calories and you're, your whole aim is to hit a perfect number. When you're counting macros, you've got about, they give you about four or five grams of uh, difference that you can have to success or failure. Success or failure, four or five grams off. So that if I ate a few bites more sweet potato than I was meant to, that's a failure for a day because I didn't hit my macros. Do 
you know what this kind of thinking does to your ability to make progress? It is so incredibly negative because because it cannot focus on progress. It can only focus on perfection because it's this black or white, you're either in it or you're out. And there's no measure there to ask, hey, have your habits gotten better? Are you doing better than you were last week? Because what's the power of being able to make incremental change? If you can make incremental progress, if this is steps, if if incremental progress is like looking at the top of a steps, you know, or maybe you're looking at the top of a really tall tower and you know, okay, I got to walk up 18 flights of steps to get to the top. You can know that if you take one step every day, or if you're taking one step at some point, because you're building off it, you will reach the goal. You will reach the top floor and you're going to be able to look out over the whole kingdom and hold up a baby and say, ah, so when you're mother, Okay, this is so silly. But do you know what I mean? Like, you will get there. You will get there if you take one step and you take another step. But if you're constantly in or out, perfect or not perfect, are you going to make progress? No, you can't build on that. Because every time you're failing, you're failing. And every time you're succeeding, you're succeeding. But what about making change over time? What about being able to stick to it? It doesn't happen. We don't work like that as humans because there is no hack, guys. There is no, there is nothing that you can learn. There is nothing that you can watch. There is no program that you can do. There is no amount of money that you can pay that in one day or in one week, you can become the kind of person that you need to be to maintain a lean physique and do that for life. That process is a learning process and you cannot hack your way there. And that's what we're trying to do. I think that's what we're trying to do all the time. And we're asking, like the last episode that I did, quick hacks for weight loss. <laughs> or the, can I? what is it that I need to eat? Or how many calories do I need to eat? What foods do I need to have? Or like the hacks to weight loss or lose 10 pounds in a month. We're all looking for something that is going to shift and change and that then it's all just going to click. Nothing clicks. Do you understand this, guys? It's not the click that happens. It's not this somehow something shifts. It's that you make one tiny shift. It's that you make one little change and you learn from that. And then you make another change and you you change that habit and then you change another habit and then you change another habit. And yeah, you can change things quickly. If you change your environment and you have a catalyst that really makes you change, you can change things quickly. But there's still going to be a big process between when you attempt something and you become the kind of person that maintains that and maintains a habit shift. So why am I telling you all this? I'm I'm telling you this because I'm looking at my current behavior and I'm looking at the results that I have because of my current behavior. And I'm saying, I'm saying to myself exactly what I'm saying to you guys. And that is if I want to change the outcome, if I want to become this kind of person that takes it to another level and maintains it, 
then I am going to need to change my habits and I'm going to need to find a way of doing that permanently. Because a year ago, or probably I should say in January, by January, a year ago. So last January, okay, it's super confusing. Last January, after I'd been macro counting, I had lost a bit of fat. I was at the leanest that I had been, about three to four kilos leaner than I am now. So between four and eight pounds. But that change that had got me there, the change that got me to be leaner, which was counting macros and um, doing it poorly <laughs> and feeling hungry a lot of the time and having like processed foods, but trying to fit that in. So feeling even more hungry as I was trying to do that. It's not a main, it's not a habit change that I have been able to maintain. It's not something I do now. And it's not something that I think that I will have, will ever have been able to maintain long term. So now I'm looking at, and I'm not sad that I did that. I think it was a good experience. I think it taught me a lot. I don't regret it. Um, I, I don't have any ill feelings towards the coach or anything like that. But now if I'm looking at and I'm saying, okay, I want to change, then I have got to change my lifestyle again because the changes that I've made up until this point, the fact that I eat two pounds of vegetables a day and I understand calorie density and I'm pretty consistent in my home environment, those have led me to where I am now. To change further, I'm going to have to make more changes. So one of the things that I have been struggling with is just really not feeling super in control with processed food and never really getting to a point where I feel like I'm able to have that not become uh, something that derails me. What I mean by that is this, I can be consistent in my home environment but I find, but I'm going out quite a lot and I find that whenever I have processed food, it's difficult for me to get back on track. It's difficult for me if I have one cookie or if I go out with friends and I have a vegan croissant or a vegan pizza, it's difficult for me to then not go and have more of that at the next meal or kind of say, we'll stuff it. It's difficult for me to not respond, what I think negatively, to this high dopamine hit food. And I've been kind of trying to battle this for a long time because I think, here's the thing, I think that you can have it in your life. I think that you can have some kind of balance, but I think that you are going to, to do that, you will need to have uh, some concrete kind of guidelines for yourself, or maybe not guidelines, but things that keep you on track. So for me, for example, like I don't really keep chocolate in my home. I don't keep chips in my home. So I've been able to maintain consistency in my house for that reason most of the time. Um, but I don't have that when I go out. I will have some of those foods. I don't really have chips ever. Um, so it's not super hard for me to resist them because that's become a permanent habit changer. I just don't have chips, but things like pizza and other things, I will have them when I go out or I'll occasionally have them if people bring them to my house. So I've been doing this kind of dance where I, 
I can do it. You know, I can maintain where I'm at right now and I have some processed food, but it's kind of exhausting. Guys, if I'm honest, it's exhausting feeling like I really have to exert so much willpower that it's so hard for me to do this well and I listened to the pleasure trap recently and I I know a lot of this stuff but listening to this and I'm going to link it in the description and really understanding how this works that we are hardwired to seek high pleasure activities for the least amount of effort and pain avoidance and that's me with processed foods that's me with wanting to eat more of this stuff and feeling like it's so hard to drag myself away from it, that it's designed to do this, that it's a high pleasure, high dopamine food. And it's not just with food, it's things like looking at social media and going to bed early because I'm, I'm or going to be late, sorry, because I'm looking at social media and I have a lot of things in my life that are high dopamine hit activities and I, after watching like the social dilemma as well, I've really realized that to have more calm, to have more consistency, to have more enjoyment of simple pleasures, of simple things like looking at my kids instead of looking at my phone if I'm in the car or going to bed early and reading a book rather than scrolling through social media or being able to meet up with friends and eat a sweet potato and some broccoli as opposed to pizza or what everyone else is doing. I want to be able to enjoy living a simpler life and not relying on like this dopamine hit all the time to give me pleasure. And the only way that I'm going to enjoy having a more simple life is that if I reduce the amount of dopamine hit activities in my life, one of them being processed food. I just don't, I don't want to do this kind of struggle for the rest of my life. And I know that there are people who don't do this struggle. They, they say, okay, I'm just not going to have this food. I'm going to learn a new behavior pattern that doesn't rely on constantly um, having to deal with like motivation or constantly having to get back on track. So with all of that being said, I was like, okay, I'm, I want to try something different because it's like, it's the whole thing. You cannot get a different outcome. Like if I want to stop struggling with this, if I want this to stop being an issue for me, then I've got to try something different. I can't just keep being like, okay, I'll try harder or this week I'll do something different, but nothing actually really changes. You know, I've got to do something different. So I, if you guys remember, I did a podcast interview with Chef AJ ages ago, and I was also on her, um, her little what's it, her interview thing, which was really, really cool. So I reached out to her and I was like, hey, I'm thinking about this. Like the pleasure trap has really had an impact on me. What do you think? And my concerns were to her, I was like, if I did this thing, if I was like, okay, for a decent length of time, and I don't know, I'd probably say indefinitely, I'm never going to put that uh, like a boundary on myself where I'm like, I'm never going to have processed foods again for the rest of my life because I don't know that and I don't think that that's helpful to do that. But I want to give it a go of being like, I'm actually going to change. You know, I'm actually going to, um, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to see if this works for me. So I said to her, hey, like I'd be keen to do this. Like I'm, it freaks me the heck out, mainly in social situations, because 
I still eat a lot. I will still eat processed food with my friends. Um, if, and I will still go to restaurants and things like that. So I've never, I've never bought food with me to a restaurant. I, 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 because I've always been like, well, this isn't so much of an issue for me. And it's not like it's so much of an issue for me, but it's enough of an issue that I'm like, I'm sick of it. <laughs> it's not like I've got, I'm not an, it's like I'm not an alcoholic, right? But I don't want to feel like I have to have a few drinks. Like even every week, like I don't want to feel like I have to that. I don't like anything controlling me. Like I want to feel in control of my own decisions. And hear me out with this as well. People can tend to have a negative view of control, of needing control. And this isn't, and and that can be considered something that is bad or something that is associated with eating disorders if you can't control other things in your life. And I understand that. I understand where people are coming from. But self-control is actually really underrated. And it's kind of seen as like this negative thing. But if you have an outside force that is compelling you to do something and you are out of control with that, that is not somewhere that you want to live either. That is not a fun thing to experience. And I don't want to feel like that. I don't want to feel like I have to go have a coffee. I don't want to feel like I have to look at my phone if there's a notification. I don't want to feel like these things control me. I want to have control over the things that... Um, influence the happiness in my life rather than being a slave to them so this is this specific situation where I'm like okay I'm going to talk to Chef AJ and I'm going to do a podcast interview with her next week or in the next few weeks and I'm going to be talking with her about what that would look like on a really practical level if I'm like Okay, I'm the guinea pig for this where I say, hey, Chef AJ, so I've, I know about calorie density. I've changed my diet massively. I'm, I'm pretty lean, but I'm interested in seeing what it is like to actually go for a period of time where I don't eat any processed food whatsoever and see how that feels. And yeah, so I'm going to do that with her. So I'm freaking out. I'm I'm scared about trying to do that. And I've got massive FOMO. But what's the worst that can happen? If it, if I don't love it, if I give it a good length of time and it's not actually helping me, it's not causing more calm in my life, I don't feel like it's worth it, I can always stop. But the point of this episode and what I want you to take away is if you are doing something and it is not bringing you the result that you want. You are not, you are not enjoying the food that you're eating or you're not able to be consistent or you're not reaching a point where things are getting easier or better. Like, and I'm not saying that they'll ever be easy, especially in the beginning, because you're not that person yet. It's like talking about exercise. Exercise doesn't get easier. You just get flipping better at it. All right. People sometimes, I remember when I was training during COVID, during COVID, I couldn't go to the gym and like, honestly, guys, I haven't been going to the gym for ages anyway at the moment, but I decided that I was going to run a virtual half marathon. So I trained for that in the six weeks, I think it was a month, and I went out and I did a half marathon, a virtual half marathon. And some people were messaging me and they were saying like, how the heck do you run for two hours? And I was like, I didn't just wake up one morning and be like, I'm going to run for two hours. I ran for 10 minutes. And then another day I ran for another 10 minutes and then another day I ran for 12 minutes or whatever. And then at some point I was able to run for half an hour. 
And then after doing that for a while, I was able to run for 40 minutes and then I was able to run for 50 minutes or whatever. It's a process that takes time. So even though what you're doing might not be easy or how you're eating initially, it should be feeling easier. But the thing is, if you're trying to beat hunger, like when I was counting macros, that never gets easier because we're hard wired for survival to not deal with hunger. So when you're thinking about deprivation or whether a diet is going to get easier, you don't get used to portion control, but you can and you will get used to eating a different kind of food. All right. You won't get used to eating less. You will and you can get very, very used to eating a plainer diet because that's just a neural adaption. So there's a distinction there. Understand that distinction in terms of how you, how people change their habits. It's like you can get used to, oh, I was going to give a stupid analogy and I won't do that. Like you can get used to not using a phone or not having a smartphone. You don't get used to extreme pain, okay? Because it's it's a biological uh, process that is very, very strong. It's designed to keep you alive. So with all that being said, this is what is going to be happening. And you are not necessarily meant to follow my example unless that's helpful for you. I mean, you can give it a go. But what I find is one of the biggest things holding people back is an all-in, all-out mindset and thinking that they have to get everything right. So this decision that I've made that I I really want to give it a go not having processed food anymore. I want to give it a go um, being the person that brings food to a restaurant and eats that food. I want to give it a go being that person who um, doesn't have like processed food at all and always takes food with them doesn't go and get sushi or doesn't go and get a pizza with their friends I want to be that person I want to see what it's like to be the person who doesn't do that and give that a really really good go but for you maybe what you need to focus on for permanent behavioral change is being the kind of person that eats two pounds of vegetables a day that's where I started I did the potato reset and I changed a lot, but that wasn't a a change. I could only do that because I was like, okay, I'll just do this for a month and then I'll see how I go. And it was never something that I was like, I have to do this for the rest of my life. But what changed there, the permanent change that led to the results that I've enjoyed is that I started to eat two pounds of vegetables. I lowered the amount of high calorie foods. I stopped having things like oil and um, flour and stuff like that at home. I stopped juicing. Um, so I was, be, I was able to be mostly consistent. So what, what I want you to understand and what I want you to ask is what is that change that I need to make, that permanent behavioral change that is going to get me one step closer to my goal? And this is what I want to see if this gets me closer to my goal because at this point in my life, my goal is not solely that I want to get more lean. It's that I would like to have more freedom in my responses. I would like to feel more self-controlled or less uh, fluctuating with that kind of dopamine experience or that pleasure experience so that I can enjoy other elements of my life. But this, I think, is for me, this is like a stage five in my weight loss journey where I'm very clear about what my goals are, that my goals are that I... I don't mind not having like that social thing. I want to, I want to give that a go. Um, so 
when I talk about like these different stages of weight loss, you might have heard me talk about this. Stage one is that you are understanding how a calorie deficit works. You're understanding why weight loss happens, calorie density, so that you know at least what the aim is to change. If you've ever asked the question, how many calories do I need to eat? Or can I eat this food or that food? Or uh, why does keto work? Or what about this diet or that? You need to go through this stage so that you know how to to answer those questions. Because if you don't know that, you're never going to get to a stage where you're actually uh, confident that what you're changing is the right change. And you're always going to be seduced by different diets or or different plans or not understanding why it works. And then you move to stage two. So stage two is where, stage two is about building your meals. That's how you know how to cook without oil. You know what to cook. You know how to make a weight loss plate. You know about portion sizes, all of this thing. You know how to create a weight loss day and you're confident about that. And then once you've actually created your meals and you know how to cook in this way, then you move on to stage three, which is your Uh, building your habits. So that's like your daily routine and your weekly routine based on your core environment. So your core environment might mean that you go to work every day. Someone else's core environment might be that they are a stay-at-home mum. But you've got to build your habits and your routine around your core environment, what you do all the time, so that that becomes consistent. And then when that's consistent... Because your habits are set up and you have strategies and you have rhythms and routines to deal with this, then you don't need to worry about motivation anymore. And then from stage three, which is your habits, you move on to stage four, and that's building your consistency. That's getting really consistent when you're leaving the house or when you've got a curveball thrown at you, like you end up failing or you end up binging. How do you deal with this? That's when uh, your someone says like, "Hey, like, let's go and just get pizza," which happened to me the other day. Or um, if you're on your period or whatever, it's how you are staying consistent based on the outcomes that you want and understanding how to be consistent. In that you're building your consistency to a point where you are ready to enter stage five, and that's building a lifestyle. That's getting super clear about what your end game, your end goals are. If you want to be lean AF, which is what a lot of people have said to me, then you're going to have to take that and modify your lifestyle to fit into that goal because that's not an easy thing to achieve if you're still having say processed food in your diet if you're not in, if you're not being consistent if you haven't set up your habits so it's really knowing how do you identify the things that are going to bring you closer to your goal and get really clear about that so you know what the cost is and you can make a, you can accommodate that so when i say that this is like a stage 5 decision for me it's that i've mastered all these other stages and I know what I want now and I want to give this a go. And one another key thing that's different in stage five is that you get really good with experimentation. And this is something that happens in stage four as well, that you're okay with experimentation because you understand how to interpret the results. You can you can try something, you can see if it's working, and you even know how to, to measure whether it's working. Because if you're if you don't understand weight fluctuations, if you don't know um like what the scale means when you hop on that, it's gonna be really hard for you to tweak your diet and know what even tweaking your diet means. Um, so you've got to work through the, through these stages. So I wanted to put that out there because I don't want anyone to come to me and be like 
well, I do exactly what you do, or I tried exactly what you tried and it didn't work. It's not about that. It's about gaining the mastery in these stages so you know how to change. And the difference with this, the difference with this method, methodology uh, of Lean of Plants is that you, you can't help but succeed. There's no way that this can't work for you. There's no exception because you learn to make it work for you. And you might get stuck in one stage for a while. You might be uh, constantly going between two stages. But if you do the things that will move you into the next stage, you can gain mastery of that. You can make progress. It's that same analogy. You will get to that next floor. You will get to the top if you keep moving forward. So Lean of Plants 2.0 is coming in the end of October. Again, <laughs> if you've never invested in a program before, if you've never taken the plunge and like really done something different to get a different result, then maybe this is your next step. Maybe your next step is actually join, joining Lean of Plants. Because what is it worth to you to feel like you could hop on the scales and see that you'd lost four pounds. What is a different outcome to where you are right now? What is a year from now? You like feeling amazing in your body and trying on clothes that you love and being asked by everyone like, what are you doing? What is working? And knowing that you can maintain that for the rest of your life. And you're going to be a lean, green, munching granny when you're running around doing park run. I mean, that's my goal anyway. I want to be like the the grannies who run around park run and they are like, they're just amazing. I'm just like, I take my hats off to them. But what's that feeling worth to you? What is getting there worth to you? Like, I don't know. If it's worth something to you, which I think it is, listening to this, to this podcast, then do something about it. <laughs> like, you don't have to buy my program, but I think like put your put your money and put your actions where your mouth is, where if you want to try something different, to get a different result, like you got to do it. You got to step out of your comfort zone and actually make that happen. And I'm putting the pricing up for Lean of Plants. Um, it's going to be a much higher uh, initial investment than what it was, which was forty dollars a month, um, because you're going to be getting the Lean of Plants course for life. And I I already know there's going to be so many people that are like, oh, I can't afford that. And if that's you, if you're like, oh, I couldn't afford like a $300 investment or a $400 investment, what is this worth? Like, I just really want to challenge you, like, what is this worth to you? Because to me, to get here has been priceless. And I, I know if you could snap your fingers right now and or somehow raise like $10,000 to become this kind of person that doesn't have to deal with this for the rest of your life. Like, I know you'd do it because you're here listening to this podcast. This matters to you. So don't let something like that hold you back because you will outgrow free content. Like free content will get you so far. But if you want something more, you're going to get what you pay for. <laughs> like you're listening to a free podcast right now. If this has helped you and you want to take it to the next level, like come and join Lean of Plants. I feel like I've given this enough of a plug. I really want you guys to be making progress here. I know what it's like to be stuck at the door of the building and not even get onto the first floor. But I also know what it's like to open that door, walk up the stairs, keep walking up those stairs, get to level one, get to level two, get to level three, get to level four, and now have the freedom and the privilege of living in level five 
and knowing how to navigate that and being able to be like, okay, yeah, I can, I can do something different and knowing what that costs and being able to reap the benefits of that. And I want that for you guys so incredibly bad because it is so life changing. And like, especially as you, if you're a mom, like I know there's a lot of people who aren't moms, but we deal with so much just even as women in the world and in this life. And it is so hard to like all the things that we have to deal with weight should not be one of them like excess weight and feeling stink about that should not be one of the things that we have to deal with so I'm gonna leave it here the main takeaway from this episode please if you take anything away from this episode is what is your next step to permanent change what are you working on that will permanently change your habits and you do not have to do everything at once and this is another I'm gonna say it again this is another thing that I'm so excited with this new lean of plants 2.0 is that because it is focused on the stages you do not have to worry about all the things you have to change to get to where I am you don't have to work through the whole course and know every little in and out You just have to know what your next step is and do that thing. And you can have freedom and clarity and no overwhelm because you're just focusing on that little thing. And that's what I want for you guys. What is your thing? If you know what your thing is and you're listening to this and you're like, yep, I'm going to go take action. I'm going to actually just go and do something. Let me know. I would love to see like your screenshot of this podcast. I would love to for you to tag me on Instagram or send through an email to me and my team. I want to know what you're going to do. Actually go and do something. Um, even if that's like you go and you buy the broccoli steamer. I'm going to link that in the description and you start eating a head of broccoli every day. Even if that's you stop cooking with oil, whatever it is, do your next step, make it a permanent change and then you can get through into stage one, into stage two, and you'll be able to get where you want to go. It takes time, it takes steps, but you can get there. I believe in you. I know you can do it. If I can do this, guys, seriously, if I can, you can do it too. So I will see you in the next episode. I will talk to you soon, and I will keep you really updated with how things are going with me. Keep an eye out for that interview that I'm doing with Chef AJ coming up. And if you have anything you want me to cover in a podcast, send me through an email or send me through a message on Instagram. I really want to bring content that helps you guys. All right. I've prattled on forever. Going to go eat some food. Love you guys. See you next time.